0: Hey, DC, right now at VisionWorks, all prescription eyewear, every frame, every brand is 50% off. Yup, a nifty 50% thanks to our friends and family event. What's even better? It applies to both glasses and sunglasses. That's right. At the VisionWorks friends and family event, you can save 50% on all prescription eyewear. Why? Because we like you, DC, a lot. VisionWorks, we're here to help you. Some restrictions apply. See store for details.
1: So I'm you know, on the interwide web the other day, literally the other day, and an article pops up in my Apple News feed, and the title shocked me and it simply read, Well, before I even say that, I almost forgot, my friendly listeners, that this show is going to be on the explicit side, so we will be talking about sexual things and sexual themes and what is appropriate and what is not appropriate, so if you have little listeners in the car with you or at home and you do not want them to hear about uh, sexually explicit things, which will be handled maturely and in a God-honoring way. But nonetheless, we will use real words and real terms. So if that is not okay with you, then you need to pause and get those little ears out of there and listen to this at a more appropriate time. So the title of this article was The Story Behind the Wedding Blowjob Photo. That's right, people. That's the title. And I am welcoming to the show the the first guy i thought about when i read this title who i knew would have opinions on it <laughs> pastor dave willis who said i can introduce him any way i want he doesn't really care so um you are a pastor you are in augusta georgia you are like the coolest hippest you and your wife ashley are like the coolest hippest marriage people around and i am honored to have you on the show today sir
2: it is, it is an honor. Second in hipest to you and your wife, of course, but <laughs> yeah. honored to be in that same company. And, and uh, yeah, and, and honored in a weird way that I'm the first guy you thought of when you it's, read that that article.
1: It's disturbing. It's,
2: yeah, yeah, I, I don't know. It's honored and disturbed, but I'm excited to be part of the conversation. It's all. It's never a dull moment with, with you. Whenever I get a text or a call, for Michael Smalley, I know this is going to be something good, ah. and you do not
1: disappoint. Well, I try to keep it real, my friend, and, you know, okay, so I see this title. I'm like, you've got to be kidding, and, and and, and of course, you know, it's on my Apple News feed, so I'm not really terrified that there's going to be nudity or, you know, pornographic images. So I click on the title, and uh, there it is, and I will not repost this in any way, It's and there's no nudity, but... In essence, it's this Dutch photographer, Michael Klooster, who posted a pic on his Instagram, and it went viral in the biggest of ways. And basically what happened is at the wedding, you know you know, after you get married, you, you take a bunch of pictures, right? I don't know what you and your wife did.
2: We took pictures. We didn't have any like that, but we, we, we did take <laughs>
1: And I remember taking photos, too, but uh, and, and here's maybe possibly, Dave, the most messed up part of the story is that it was the bride's mother who suggested the pose. <laughs> the bride's mother suggested, hey, you should get a photo of my daughter in her wedding dress looking like she's giving a blow job to her new husband.
2: Yeah.
1: And the yeah, photographer did it.
2: You know, that that's a family where Thanksgiving gets real awkward, yeah. I would imagine. It's that. Well, I'd, like,
1: I'd like to know, and I'll describe the photo, fo- I mean, not in gross detail, but I mean, yeah, it's, it's kind of shot. They're in the forest, and the guy, you see the guy's back, but his pants are down around his knees, and the bride is in front of him on her knees, and there you go. That's in their wedding album, and it was her mother. That suggest- I'm still most disturbed about that part. Yeah. Like, was the yeah, mother there? Did she watch the fo- – you know, because when you're taking photos, family, people are mingling about. Yeah,
2: that's uh, – it's just a lot to wrap the mind around.
1: It, so. it really is. And so here's my question, Dave. And I don't know where you're going to stand. We purposefully, we did not and, – and you're a pastor, and you've been pastoring for how long?
2: Oh, about 11 years
1: now. And then you have entered into this marriage arena and are doing awesome, man, with your incredible, just all the social media, the blog, the posting. And I'm just curious, because I had a very intense reaction to this photo, but I'd be curious on what your reaction is. Is this an appropriate thing? I mean, they're married, so it's not like you're not allowed to engage in that kind of activity. You can, but I'm curious if you have any issues with this.
2: You know, it is a great question and I do have issues with it. I mean, I, I, I do, I'm, I'm still kind of processing it myself. It's like, I intentionally didn't give this like a whole ton of thoughts. I didn't want to have these kind of scripted responses. I wanted to be able to sort of engage with it in real time. But I guess my initial response, because I I told my wife, Ashley and I have not seen the picture because I didn't want to Google it. And and then, you know, I've got like software on my computer that like sends searches. searches, Search terms. I I just didn't want to explain, I guess, unpack how (laughs) how I stumbled across it. So, um, but but really it's the concept we're talking about. Um, I I told my wife, Ashley, about it. And, you know, she's, we talk about sex. It's not, we're not prudish people. I mean, we just, you know, shameless plug, put out a book. About yeah, sex and and
1: uh, what's it called? So we, Come on, we, give it a proper plug.
2: Well, I mean, if you're interested, it happens to be called "The Naked Truth About Sex and Marriage." with a With a stellar uh, a stellar quote from uh, Dr. Michael Smalley, you'll find uh, listed in the endorsements uh, two spots ahead of a celebrity professional female wrestler named Brandy Rhodes, who's I'm also
1: lost I'm still upset about that, but that's okay. <laughs>
2: so. So we these are important things to talk about, but is is my wife and I had a very brief conversation about it, you know, and she was um, she was just kind of like really disgusted by it, not in, again like in a prudish way, but just in a you know that's it's sacred and it's private and and sex between a husband and a wife is God created it. It's intended to be adventurous and beautiful, and you know I think that we have all kinds of freedom within that, but it's also sacred and it's also you know incredibly private and so just the fact that 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 you've won you've got you've got a photographer there uh in the first place you know that, that's inviting somebody else into it the fact that you're recording this stuff I think this is kind of like a whole separate issue that we can get into but taking pictures of yourself or making the, you know homemade pornography like you know a lot of people will ask this is it wrong is it out of line if it's only us if we're filming ourselves and we're the only ones that that watch it is that is that out of line? And I, I think that that can be incredibly dangerous. And, you know, we can talk about that later. But for all kinds of reasons, I think it's it's just it's wrong. Um, you know, it's just it's just wrong. And now this image is all over the Internet and you've got all kinds of people that are that are either you know going to be you know, lusting, you know, using this image of you and your spouse in, in a, in a way that like is for their own self gratification and lust, or they're going to, you know, look at it and it's inviting them into, you know, something that should just be incredibly, you know, personal and private. And so I think for lots of reasons, for lots of reasons it's bad. And then just, you know, in addition to that, I think that it, it helps in this continued epidemic we have of, of, of porn really of any kind, um, even though this isn't explicit and that we're seeing things, but it's just another way to kind of desensitize us to the sacredness of sex and look at it as just a means of kind of our own, you know, our own entertainment. Um, and all of those things are dangerous. And so for all those reasons and more, I would say it's just a bad idea.
1: See, that's interesting because I would literally take the exact opposite. I think it's brilliant. I think it's healthy. I think every good, God-honoring couple should engage in pornographic photos and videos with each other and release that to the world.
2: Well, I'm so glad. I <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Obviously, I'm being sarcastic, people. Yeah, I mean, I-, I was upset when I saw it. And I think, and, and I appreciate Dave, because you and I have gotten to know each other behind the scenes and. You know, we got a share in the the big Marriage Today XO conference, and that's kind of where we first met, and we have called and harassed and texted each other ever since, and so I think you know as well I am not a prude, and it does irritate me that many Christians, especially Christian uh, husbands and wives, tend to be really prude when it comes to sex. Like my daughter yesterday called me. And said, Dad, I just want to say thank you. I was like, oh, she's at Biola University in Southern California. And I went, oh, well, why am I being thanked? She goes, I'm in this class. Like, it was a psychology class. And the professor asked, I think there were like 10, 12 students in the, in the classroom at the time. And the professor said, how many of you discuss sex with your parents? And she was the only one.
2: See, and that is tragic. that is not only tragic I think that it is it is a it is a sin I'm gonna just call it what yeah. I think it is, I think it, is a, it is a sin for parents for Christian parents to turn their kids out into the world without having open honest healthy dialogue about sex and just expecting to outsource that those conversations to, to schools and to media and to porn Friends. and to conversations you are doing if you're a parent listening to this and you you have not talked to your your kids, you know, about sex, and they're, you know, pre-adolescent or older. It, you you should, I mean, I never say it like this, but you, you should be ashamed of yourself. I mean, you've got to grow up. You've got to have these conversations because if you don't, other people will have it for you. And this mindset that like we as Christians shouldn't talk about that, I don't know where that comes from. I I don't get offended by much, but I was offended by you know a comment, you know, somebody posted on you know online recently and and again you just can't get offended by what's posted online because there's so many trolls out there but this it just captured a mindset that just really got to me this this guy posted under a, an article I shared about sex and he said you know for this being a so-called christian <laughs> site you guys sure do talk about sex a lot and, and and the the mindset underneath that is that well as christians we shouldn't talk about it and i think that that is one of the most dangerous lies that the enemy Satan himself, I believe, has perpetuated within the church that he owns sex now, that it's not God's anymore, that it's Satan's. And Satan never invented anything. All he's ever been able to do is to pervert that which has been created. And God created sex. He's the one that, uh, that 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 is the only one who can set the ground rules. He made it beautiful. He made it a gift. And when we use it his way, it is one of the greatest gifts ever created. But when Christians won't talk about it, when Christians won't teach their kids about it, when Christians won't enjoy it the way God created, then it creates this vacuum where, where the enemy and the culture and anybody else who wants to will just jump in and create their own rules. And so, yeah, like I, I talk about it, you know, a lot. And in part, it's to overcompensate for all of the the believers out there and the pastors out there and the Christian parents out there who frankly don't have the balls to do what God has called them to do, which is to, to lead the way in this, in this area. So, so yeah, it's, it's alarming that your daughter was the only one in a class of Christian college students who's, was having those conversations with her parents. But sadly, I'm not surprised because the more I talk to people, the more I, I see that people are, they're just not doing it. And so that, that blows my mind. But, you know, one quick practical plug there, cause I kind of got on my soapbox. If, if you just feel like you can't, you don't know how to have those conversations. You're afraid you're going to say the wrong thing you're afraid that you're going to be asked questions that you're not prepared to answer, maybe about your own past. Look, there's a, there are resources out there to help. And I think maybe the best one is from, um, uh, I think it's family life today and it's called passport to purity, passport, the number two purity. And it's a, it's a kind of a CD course that you listen to and talk to with your kids. And if you're not sure how to lead that conversation, then I would say start there and have, and, and listen to it before you listen to it with your kid but it will lead to some great conversations. I listened to it with my um, 12-year-old last year when he was 11, and, and it, it sparked some really healthy conversations. Um, so there, there are resources to, to help.
1: Well, and you know what's sad, Dave, is, is and I hope parents are listening to this, is when you don't talk about it and when you're ashamed to talk about it and when you're embarrassed to talk about it, the, the message you're sending to your precious, precious children is that sex is bad. Sex is negative. I don't and, and so that's why so many couples struggle sexually, right? Especially if they grew up in the church and you're being told don't have sex and if you have sex you're going to hell and you've lost your purity. You're no longer clean ever. And Satan uses that crud. You know what one of the things that I taught my kids and that purity is is not about the body. It's about the mind and the heart. Because if it was only about the body, then purity could be regained. Because if a young lady has sex and her hymen breaks, if she stops having sex, guess what grows back? Her hymen. So it'll look like she'd never actually had sex before. So purity is, is, in a, is a state of mind. But it is, it's discouraging that Christians still have all of these like old, ancient, Puritan hang-ups when God created it and, it's, and it is meant for procreation and it's meant for pleasure you know how many times have I had to get into arguments with people when they're like sex is not for pleasure and then you go well then why in the world would God make the penis so incredibly sensitive to pleasure and the vagina and the certain areas of the vagina so sensitive to pleasure I mean give me a break it can be both and it's one of those great gifts that God gave a husband and a wife to be able to bond and connect. And, you know, bringing it back to the photo, here's where I want to encourage Christian couples, well, all couples, is that, yeah, I mean, here, one of the thoughts I had, or there were several. First, it was like, good Lord, people, we need to have, it's good to have healthy boundaries around our sex life. The boundaries are good. Boundaries actually, Help increase the pleasure and intimacy that sex can create when there are healthy boundaries in place. But also, think this couple might and more than likely will have children. And one day, their children are gonna, where are they gonna see this? In a frame? Are they gonna find out about it online and go, uh, mom, <laughs> what is this about? And that's where I usually, Dave, I usually draw the line for couples. To go, I get it. You think that you're photographing yourselves and you think that you're videoing yourselves and just the two of you are going to be able to see it. But with technology today, with iCloud and Google Drive and devices, you cannot ensure that that won't get out there into the public realm or to your children. And is that really what you want? Is that really what you want a, your children to see one day?
2: Yeah, no, I think for so. And I'm sorry if you heard a dinging. I think yeah, that was my computer. I thought that was it, in my yeah. head.
1: I was like, okay, I'm <laughs> I'm having a stroke. Dave Willis called 911. one
2: Well, you, well, would you say something really brilliant? There's just this ding that, that goes, it was is it on, on fire, and it was it was dinging. No, sorry, that was that was my bad. My my. Phone is hooked up to my computer somehow in a weird way that I don't know how to fix, and I I get texts and things. I'm trying to fix it, but you were everything you you said there was just so spot on. And you, we have to think long term like that. You know, we have to think, we have to think about our future children or our current children and what message that's that's sending to them. And we honestly, I think we have to think broader than that. We have to think about other people's children. That we have a a collective responsibility of how we are treating this, this beautiful, sacred gift of sex to one talk about it openly and honestly in a beautiful way. But when we do it in an an exploitive way, like this photo seems to have done, it's sending the wrong message and it's perpetuating some of the wrong ideas that, that, that cheapen it. And all those things you said about kind of like baggage within, within the church, you know, my wife, Ashley, she shares um, her testimony quite a bit on that is, that she was, she was one of those girls that was just kind of raised, taught with by people with good intentions to protect her. But she was sort of taught to be approved. That that's what good Christian girls are. It's like you don't think about sex, you don't talk about sex, you certainly don't don't have it. It's not something that good Christian girls do. And her parents, I think, you know, in a misguided attempt to, to protect her from sexual baggage, they perpetuated that. You know, she was part of a you know, of a youth group where, you know, when it was talked about, it was sort of talked about in, only in this kind of negative way. And then all of a sudden you get married and you're like, oh, you can flip the switch now and you can be a freak and it's great and, and God's for it. And it, it was really, really difficult for her to even give herself permission to, um, to enjoy it. I think a lot of people have had that baggage and maybe it's one of the reasons why they're afraid to talk about it is because, you know, they, they had this unhealthy view of it. And they're still working through it. In fact, you know, again, second shameless plug, but the very first chapter in, in in our book is Ashley sharing that part of her testimony, and it's called Christian Sexual Baggage. And she just unpacks that. And whenever she shared that or talked about that, so many people, especially women, um, come out of the woodwork and just say, that's my story too. Like, I felt so weird. I felt like I feel, I feel just uncomfortable in my own skin. Um, it's like... I, don't, I never knew how to flip that switch from sex is bad, sex is bad, sex is bad, to all of a sudden now I can do it and I should enjoy it, but I don't know how to see it beyond just a duty that I have to do for my husband. And that's a shame. God wants you to enjoy it, ladies. He wants it within the confines of a sacred monogamous marriage to be one of the greatest gifts in your life. And I apologize on behalf of whatever well-intentioned youth pastor or parent or whoever along the way taught you that it was only a bad thing or a shameful thing um, because it's so much more than that.
1: Well, and what makes me maybe both sad and happy is the number one post on our website, and it has been this way for years, frankly, since I wrote it, is, is oral sex okay for a Christian couple? And it makes me sad because I'm like, Really? Like, Christian marriage, we're really still stuck back in the whatever, the 1400s or 300 AD or, you know, it's like seriously, people. I mean, it's unbelievable to me that no one is teaching this. Clearly, in a, in a wide-scale effort, the church is failing couples by clearly teaching some very bad theology around sex because if if a Christian couple has to go Google is oral sex okay – then, man, we're missing it because obviously it's okay. Now, again, the boundary that I would put on that is you don't video yourselves doing this, and you certainly don't put this on a wedding photo. <laughs> you just like that's a healthy boundary. That yes, you've gone too far, and and so what makes me happy is they're at least finding a good, helpful article that explains that this is okay. And I mean, my heavens, you know in. In the Jewish culture back in the day, right, of Jesus' time and before when a, a young boy wasn't even allowed to read the Song of Solomon until he was of age to be married. Because it is naughty. I mean, it is, like, sexually explicit. And, of course, their um, word pictures and sexual banter has lost its meaning because, it, you know, we we obviously don't talk that way anymore. But when you really study it, it's like, oh, hello. And so we can enjoy each other. But you know the other thing Dave that really got me worked up as well with this whole photo thing is you know right now currently in our in our country in the in the United States people and the media and Hollywood are up in arms over the Harvey Weinstein sexuals whatever uh, escapades and clearly sexual abuse and all these allegations and and now, other directors and other producers are being called out, and hundreds of these female actresses are now starting to come out and, and say, This happened to me, this happened to me. But what I guess what infuriates me is it is the Hollywood culture that has turned sex into a transactional thing. It I is just, uh, no, you're dinging. fine. I like the dinging, I'm saying something brilliant again.
2: Yeah, that's what it is. Whenever you're saying something brilliant, it dings. And Michael, that that exact point you just made, I I got on a little mini soapbox when I was talking to Ashley about it, of saying they Hollywood doesn't see, they don't see their own hypocrisy in this, that they're perpetuating this very this very culture that that they're so sickened by at this point of of just you know of using people to get, you know, to get ahead. And and yes, obviously what Weinstein and others have done is criminal lock those it guys is. up. But I think how many, how many people in that really, that whole industry and, and in a lot of ways, us just for how we consume that yeah. media are, are perpetuating these same problems of just objectifying human beings for our own pleasure, for our own gratification. And then we act shocked and sickened when we see um, you know, people doing it behind closed doors. And so I think that all of it, really, all of us, I think have to look in the mirror and say, what am I doing to be part of this problem? Because it's easy to just put a few guys up, you know, as, as these like demons on a pedestal, like, well, it's just it's just one in a million, like Weinstein is the problem. And yes, obviously those guys are problems, throw them in jail They're But I think all of us, more more than we would like to admit, have been part of that problem just by how we've perpetuated this culture of, objectifying other human beings for our pleasure And and it's not just in the porn industry it's in mainstream media and so yeah it's it's a deep deep
1: issue well and that's what i'm trying to like say out loud for the mountaintop is hey listen everybody you can't celebrate because everyone thinks this is so cool this you know wedding blowjob photo that this is so cool and hip and it's breaking tradition and yay and and i'm like wait a minute you can't celebrate that, which is objectifying, and then, you know, be furious at the Harvey Weinsteins and all that. And it's sad, you know, It it's like Hollywood goes, hey, Halle Berry, you want to win an Oscar? Then do some really raunchy, full, naked sex scenes, you know, in that movie with uh, who's the guy who played Bad Santa? Um, oh, Billy Bob Thornton. Yeah, Billy not, Bob Thornton.
2: It takes some great acting to, for any person to pretend that they were that attracted to Billy Bob So, so- <laughs> And it was
1: great acting. But you know what I mean, though? It's like these poor actresses are, are, you know, they don't win anything until the next thing you know, there's a top, you know, there's topless scenes or there's really raunchy sex scenes and bam, all of a sudden they're winning Oscars. And it's just sad. And so we need to have what's important is we need to have boundaries and you know, we, we're already at like the 26th minute close to that of this show. But it. so we can't get into all the boundaries. But in essence, I guess maybe how I might summarize it is what's like. No, I would really caution couples and say you're going down roads that you just can't get back from when you start photographing yourselves naked in blow job positions at your wedding. Uh, videoing yourselves, that that is a boundary you, you, that you don't need to cross. And so for me, when I'm working with couples, like in our intensive program or whatever, I'm like, look, between the two of you, have a blast. Get as creative as you want as long as you're honoring each other. And then no third party. Just third parties are out of it. So clearly that means affairs or threesomes or videoing photography, you know, videoing and taking photographs. That, that becomes for me, all these third party people, things that Monography, you really
2: like brings in someone virtually, which is just right. I mean, if you're not being mentally monogamous, then that's a, that's a problem too. And Jesus talked about lust and it's not just entertainment. And even with a Christian audience, I think we have to be that specific because I have Christian people that'll try to argue with me that say that, that porn is just entertainment or it helps them spice things up. And, it's
1: not, it is It is toxic to a marriage. Oh, it is, It is. you know, what I've tried to teach my children and young people that I've mentored over years and obviously couples in intensives. It's the, It's a soul destroyer. I mean, it absolutely destroys one's soul because the nature of the addiction with pornography, so you kind of have, you have your, you know, Philip Zanardo is somebody you need to, look up on YouTube because he did one of the most brilliant talks on porn addiction I've ever seen. I think it was a TED talk, potentially. But he talks about the difference of substance addiction and porn addiction or sex addiction. Substance addiction is alcohol, drugs, and it centers around, I want more. Right? So, if I'm an alcoholic, I'm trying to drink as much alcohol as I can. If it's meth, heroin, cocaine, whatever, I want more of that substance. Obviously, it's destructive and can lead to your death. With porn, the addiction centers around, I want different. And that's the killer, is that you're never going to stay simply looking at those free pornographic video things. Because eventually, and it doesn't take very long, it could be months if it's daily use, they're not going to do it. It's not going to turn you on. You're not going to get aroused. And you're not going to get the goal or the outcome you're looking for. So now you got to watch something different, and then you got to watch something different. And that's, that's where it becomes a soul destroyer because it turns other people into objects, which is sort of the problem with narcissists and sociopaths. The reason they can do such evil things is because people are objects. They're not actual humans. They're just things that I can do what I want with. You know, I actually had this talk with my son, my 15-year-old, out in the jacuzzi, which is always a great place to have healthy conversations about sex. And, and I said, you know, in trying to help him understand how porn objectifies people, I took, we had this like 30, 44-ounce sub, uh, I can't even think of the restaurant now, the Route 44 drink from that fast food place. Sonic. Sonic. Thank you, Dave Willis. Also an expert at fast food restaurants. So I took this 44-ounce plastic cup or styrofoam and I punched it and, you know, just broke it up. And I said, do I need to feel guilty about that? He's like, well, you did break my tea that I wasn't done with. (laughs) And I go, yeah, but, I mean, am I going to feel bad about it? He goes, well, no. And I go, why not? He goes, because it's a cup. I go, exactly. That's what happens with porn is that people become like this cup. And you can punch that cup and you're not going to feel any remorse. Because it's just a cup. It's an object. And its soul desires to bring me happiness. And if it's if it's not, I'll discard it.
2: No, it it's exactly what it does. It, it desensitizes us to the humanity of each other. And it gives away a piece of our own humanity in the process. I mean, it's it's one of the greatest enemies of real intimacy. And, and I mean, I could quote Bible verses all day, you know, to back up how sacred sex should be and, and how porn is an enemy to that. But even beyond that, even if you just want to look at it purely in like neurological research, there's so much to back up, you know, all these things that you're saying. Um, there's a site called Fight the New Drug, FighttheNewDrug.org, which is a totally secular site that has just recognized that, you know, porn, it is as destructive as a drug and it works like a drug in our minds, the way it forms addictions. And it's, that's a great place to go just for some articles and resources to, um, you know, to, to help and really unpack the research behind why it's so destructive. And then, you know, from the Christian perspective, you know, com, it's XXXChurch.com is a great place to go yeah. if you're if you're struggling with porn. Um, I love those guys. You know, I've done, done a lot with them over the years. And I personally, I mean, I had a, a porn problem. I write about this. I talk about this. Like, I'm, I, I talk about this as a guy who knows what it feels like to be wrapped up in in this addiction and not knowing what to do with it. But you, you can be free and God wants you to be free. And that's, that's the good news with it. But you got to start by admitting that, that it is a sin. And until you admit that it's a problem and that it's wrong, it's never going to get better. You got to start there.
1: I had a guy the other day that I won't go into details just out of appropriateness, but he got in a lot of trouble, got arrested and, when I asked him, because he, you know, came over to my house, and I asked him, are you, because he, he just, you know, crying and terrified. He's like, I just don't know how I ended up there. I don't know how I ended up there. And I, I just went, well, you know, how often do you watch porn? He's like, I don't know, every day. But it was so casual. I went, ah, so so you, you have a pretty high addiction to porn. He goes, oh, I don't, wait, is porn wrong? He didn't even know he had no idea that pornography was destructive which i don't know how you go to church i don't know how i don't know how that was possible but i could see he genuinely looked dumbfounded and i had to spend time saying dude you ended up there because of that because of the porn it's you needed that different and it, you finally got to a place where you went way outside of your comfort zone and what you ever thought you would do because of the pornography. And it was a real, it was a, it was a wild conversation. And, and it's, I guess it was stunning to me that how, how can we not know? Like, how do people not know the destruction or the destructive power of pornography? But apparently that's still a problem culturally. We're tr- you know, everywhere, I guess everywhere you turn, they're telling you it's not a big deal.
2: That's because there's so much money being made with it that it's like people just keep, you know, keep pushing that forward and totally just callous to the the lives and the wreckage that are being caused. in it's wake. I mean, I look at, you know, um, like I I started watching the show Narcos on on Netflix and, you know, eventually stopped watching it just because it was like just too violent, too much. But it's a true story of like the whole cocaine enterprise In the 1980s and 90s, and and how people would that were in it that considered themselves good people, um, good family people, people of faith, they would justify it because so much money was being made that they would just look the other way to how this was literally ripping lives apart everywhere you look. And I think that porn really is that new drug. That there are a lot of people, even people in the church, people that it's like they're they're casually using it. They 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 really enjoy it, and so they don't they don't want to honestly look at how destructive it is, or they're profiting from it, and then they want to do everything in their power to make sure that it becomes palatable for society, and, and, you know, people will not look at it as the shameful, like, destructive force it is, but just as another form of entertainment. And it keeps, behind the scenes, it keeps lives being ripped apart, it keeps human trafficking and sex slavery happening at an all-time high all over the world, it keeps sexual abuse and you know, sexual exploitation and, and harassment Happening everywhere It, it keeps um, sexual assault on college campuses I mean just everywhere you go Behind the scenes there is wreckage And there is carnage And porn is at the root of so much of it But people are afraid to have these conversations And even in the church we're afraid to talk about it Because it's messy But again just like parents talking to their kids about sex um, you know, I want to call church leaders out in the same way And say you have got to talk openly and honestly about this issue of porn it is a it is a huge issue for the people that are sitting in your congregation every sunday and if they don't know that it's wrong and they don't know the reasons that it's wrong from a, a biblical and psychological perspective, then you, I think, are failing. You're, you're, you're failing them. They need, to, they need to know these things. It's, it's crazy that in our world there would be people that would be hooked on it and not even know that it's wrong, and they, they go and sit in a church service every week. We've got to do a better job.
1: Well, and let me just encourage the Christian couple who might be listening to this, hopefully, and they are— casually watching it and they're going, oh my gosh, you guys are being so ridiculous. It's not a big deal. We're doing it and it, we enjoy it and it spices things up and we're fine. Okay, here's what I'll tell you. This is what's going to happen. Eventually, you're going to come home and it won't be too long from now. One of you's going to come home and the other one is going to be in the bedroom watching the porn by themselves. And then I will challenge, how are you going to feel then? Because it's not going to feel that safe anymore. And it's not going to feel that fun anymore when you're like, hey, what the heck? Because that's where it leads. It leads to that addictive nature. And then you're going to start replacing each other with the pornography. And I promise you, at that point, it doesn't feel very casual and it doesn't feel very fun. Well, Dave Willis, thank you. For letting me harass you today, I did not think that you and I would go over 40 minutes but we did. Well, <laughs> close to 40 minutes, and that was some great stuff, man. I really do appreciate your heart. I appreciate I appreciate how you approach these things, and especially the topic of sex. So I appreciate that you're not a prude about it, but at the same time, I know that you you understand the value of the healthy boundaries when it comes to our sexual intimacy with our wives, you know, between a husband and a wife, I really do appreciate what you're doing through your ministry and through your church.
2: And I appreciate you having me. And, you know, sorry, I wasn't more, more fun with it, with a topic like we had today. Like I, I planned to be a lot funnier. I thought you know, we were going to be
1: way more sophomoric, but we actually handled this in a mature manner.
2: Yeah. Like, it, no, we, we really, really did. I, I had all kinds of like these jokes planned about the picture, <laughs> like how I don't see how somebody could wrap their head around that. You know, ah, like I just had <laughs> all kinds of jokes planned that we didn't get to. But
1: Yeah, <laughs> no, well we just did.
2: We just did. We just, I'll, but,
1: uh, I'll make sure and, and just cut that audio clip and and uh you know, text it to your wife. See how she liked that part of the show. <laughs> <laughs> no,
2: no. No I, important, important stuff to talk
1: about it really is, and I cannot thank you enough for your willingness to let me harass you from time to time, so I hope you have a wonderful day there and are you at are you at home are you in augusta
2: i'm I'm here in augusta yeah I'm actually you know at the church today wow so talking about talking about these important issues
1: I know well, hopefully your staff has behaved, and they're not you know making signs and putting them up on the outside of your window and
2: Giggling outside the door. I still have a few people on staff refer to me as Sex Master from our last <laughs> podcast where you gave me that name as people were walking by the office and uh, and they they, uh, they joked about it. But I thought, you know what? If you're going to have a nickname, I don't know how you can do much better than that. So-
1: That's about as good as it gets. And now look. Look what it has led to. A new book.
2: A new book. That's right. On Sex. Yeah.
1: By the Sex Master, which I still think you should have put on the cover, <laughs> but whatever trying to help
2: well the next book is just going to be called sex Match. Yeah, and it's going to have like this creepy picture of me ah. on the cover it's going to be all it is it's
1: going to move a lot so. of copies <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. all right man we'll have a blessed day
0: DC right now at VisionWorks all prescription eyewear every frame every brand is 50% off yup a nifty 50% thanks to our friends and family event what's even better it applies to both glasses and sunglasses that's right at the VisionWorks friends and family event you can save 50% on all prescription eyewear why because we like you DC a lot VisionWorks we're here to help you some restrictions apply see store for details
2: Find out what's inside that church.
1: From producer J.J. Abrams,
0: critics are calling Overlord a thrilling combination of action and horror. And now it's 93% fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. Overlord, rated R, in theaters and IMAX November 9th. Directed
2: by Julia Avery.